Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, every coach's dream for each player to leave your program stronger than they were before. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by my business partner, Alicia Smith, to discuss how you can implement the mental game this season. If you're a podcast returner, thank you so much for joining us again. This episode is part of a new mini-series focused on you and how you can coach mental toughness just like we have. This first episode touches on every good coach's dream to make an impact on their players so they leave your program better off than when they started with you. In this episode, we discuss our why, what we want to feel when we reflect on our coaching careers, how we had to figure it out along the way and when it started to click for us, how to implement the mental game at every level, focusing on one thing at a time and not worrying about covering every little thing, implementing the mental game daily, and always remembering your why. Stick with us through the end to get today's freebie. This worksheet is one we've shared before, but it's so important, connecting to your why. In this worksheet, you'll go through the process of discovering your why as a coach and staying connected to it all year long. This episode is brought to you by the Mental Training Academy. If you want to provide mental training to your girls, but having a consultant work with your team is a little too pricey, consider joining our academy. For less than what one bat costs, you'll get access for an entire year to all eight courses, drills, practice plans, a community of like-minded coaches sharing ideas and tips, and virtual access to us to ask us any questions you have about implementing the mental game. To learn more and find out if the academy is for you, sign up for our free webinar. Offense wins games, defense wins championships, the mental game wins life. How to lead a program that develops resilient, dedicated, and impactful young women both on and beyond the field. To do so, simply head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash academy to sign up. Now let's get to the show. All right, so today I want to talk about our why as coaches. And I feel like we all have a very similar, at least core why, and that is to make an impact on these girls that we work with. So I want you, Alicia, to talk about your why first. My why uh, is impactful. I think that I think that going through that why exercise that we did as a team this year was really was really beneficial, but I think it just kind of confirmed that for me. I don't think I've ever taken the time to actually write it down or verbalize it or say this is my why, but um, definitely impactful. I want I want to be impactful for these to these kids. I want to be able to make sure that when they leave my program, they're better than when they came in, and hopefully they can learn something from the program that helps them you know, with life lessons, with being a good teammate, with working hard and all those things that, you know, as a coach, we want to instill and we want to instill into our kids. Absolutely. And I feel the same way. Like before my previous job, I applied to what, like 70 different jobs and on every application, (laughs) every cover letter that is, that's what I said. And at one point I was like, am I sounding cheesy? Like, does every coach say this? And the answer is yes, because we should like if we're not here to help your players grow both on and beyond the field then what are you here for right so i agree a little bit about the difference between us though so i have eight years of coaching experience but only three max with one team and three as a head coach so i felt like i didn't really fulfill this why Um, I haven't completely done it yet. I feel like I was on the way, but we talked about how you with your more consistent experience really helped you like build that along the way. 
It did. You know, beginning. It did. You know, I've been at the same program for 21 years now, just finished my 21st year. So three years with JV in the beginning, right out of college, um, and then took over with one of my good friends as kind of co-head coach, you know, in, in as a varsity coach. So I think when you first start coaching, you're you're working on all those physical skills and you're enjoying the coaching, but you're just figuring it out along the way. And every year after you kind of take time to reflect on the season, you're, you're like, well, well, how can I get better? What do I need to do? Uh, what's missing? And over the course of, you know, maybe the first 10 years of my career, it was kind of that a, a little bit of adjustment every year. We would get together as a coaching staff and kind of talk about how we could improve. But then, you know, about 10 years in, I think is when I had my aha moment and kind of how I adjusted the way I coach and and I think that just comes with time and ex- I'm not time and experience, but I think being in the same program and being in the same, you know, position or role, um, help that maybe, maybe even speed that up a little bit. I'm not sure, but that's, the, I guess that's the only experience I, I know. So I think it just took time to develop. I am totally with you. And that from my experience, a, I was hyper aware of this stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried to implement it, but it still took time. Like my first year there, I went through all the mental skills with the girls. We did basically like mental training every week, um, but it still didn't flow through the whole season like I wanted it to. So I think by year three, I was starting to get there. Um, and I think it's just a, that conscious trying to get a little better each time. Like what we talk to our girls about is the same thing for coaching focusing on that process of how do I keep helping them get a little better each day and that, you know and that, how do, and that, you know and that's what I did too for like you know I'd go to the coaches clinics you know I'd research the drills you know how do how do I get my team to hit better you know I need to institute a new drill and I need to research a new pra- way to mm-hmm. practice and you know you get really caught up in that but then when I had that class, I know we've kind of talked about this before, at least on different forums, you know, I had a really bad loss, season ending loss, and then had a, my first sports site class. And it's like, ah, this is what's missing, you know? So being able to shift my focus, I think from 2011 on with focusing on the mental part of the game, but how do I do that? Right. So that's kind of been trial and error. That's kind of been just that every day, um, you know, focus on that mental part of the game. Well, how did I do that? I did the, I started developing notebooks and I stole that idea, I guess. I think as coaches, we steal ideas, steal ideas a lot, uh-huh. <laughs> right. And make them your own. Mm-hmm. But I read, I read the book, the winner's manual by Jim Trestle. And he had talked about a notebook that he does with his players. Granted, it was a completely different concept of what went in his notebook, but I thought notebooks, that's something that I can start doing with my kids. So find those stories and quotes and, and whatever I can do to give to them every single day, but have, so they then have a place where they can keep it, mm-hmm. you know, because I used to be that coach that would give out quotes and motivational speeches. And I love quotes. I still do to this day, give them those quotes. But if you go back and read some of them, you know, it's kind of like, well, great, but maybe how do I do that? Right. So trying to intertwine those, daily lessons with that notebook is kind of how I started to do that. And it, it's changed every year. It's developed every year. I try to make it better every year, but I think when you really see the fruits of your labor, 
is is maybe a kid's senior year or junior year when things really start to click. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a lot of time to continue to, you know, every single day, talk about those things, implement in your practice. And it's, it's a long-term investment. That's for sure. It's not a short-term quote unquote fix. It's a long-term investment. Totally agree. And I think that is kind of (laughs) anxiety provoking for us coaches, especially like I'm thinking of travel ball coaches who are, have pretty much different teams year to year, unless you're very fortunate to carry your whole team up through the age brackets at the same time. Um, but even at the high school and college level, first year coach, like trying to get this going right away and try to speed it up faster, or maybe it's just a rough transition year or something happened that you didn't have the year you wanted and trying to get back to that, to that flow of making impact. I think the patience piece is really difficult. As it is. It is. And, you know, my situation is different at a high school level. You know, um, I have them for three months, but every single day, mm-hmm. you know, where colleges have them obviously for a full year, um, maybe not every day, uh, all season, but they're together a lot. I think it's the travel ball world that's a little bit more difficult, like you mentioned, unless you're fortunate enough to keep at least at a bare minimum, a core group or move up as they grow older, you move up with them. It is difficult, but it's still possible to do. Mm -hmm. You just have to make sure that you um, still talk about it every day because something is better than nothing for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and making that effort to incorporate some of those lessons is just different than I would do it on an everyday basis in high school. Mm -hmm. So what about those coaches who feel like they don't have enough time? How do you make an impact daily? And so you can focus on those little things and trust that it's going to add up. I think what you could do is if you don't have them daily, but you have them even once a week, you could still have material for them to review, to look at, to talk about, Um, and then that's when, you know, you could use technology, right? You could even set up, um, you know, like a Google drive or a group text or anything to be able to communicate with the team, you know, and maybe some of their progress or some of their lessons learned, or how do you feel after the game this week? You know, and I think facilitating group discussions is really important because the kids really do learn from each other because sometimes I feel like they feel like they're all alone with the thoughts and emotions that they have during, especially during failure, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because it becomes a very internal process and a lot of kids don't like to verbalize that kind of stuff or even admit, Mm -hmm. right. That they're not thinking clearly or, or that they failed. So I think if you can have a forum to facilitate those groups discussions somehow, uh, with lessons learned or some material, you could still have notebooks. You could still give you could still give them maybe a, a notebook full of material before the season starts. And as they go through the season, they can, you know, review chapter one, you know, or something yeah. like that. So they could just really work through that information, even if it will take some time, you know, you know, separated from the coaching staff and separated from each other, but you can still utilize, you know, technology, I think, to be able to, um, to have those group discussions. Yeah. And I know I was always mindful of their time because got kids they have so many things going on they've got ap classes they've got their other sports sometimes they would like to have a little bit of a social life even though i know they got a lot (laughs) of stuff going on right but in my experience as a player as a coach they do enjoy this stuff so it's worth it to them so as long as you're not 
basically assigning mental training homework for eight hours of their week, I don't think anyone needs to worry about like, oh, it's just one more thing for them to do. They're going to enjoy it and they're going to get something out of it, particularly, particularly that connecting with their teammates piece. Absolutely. And it could even just be a 30 minute thing a week, right? It's as long as there's something. And sometimes, you know, I felt with my experience that I learned if you can, you can give too much too fast, Mm -hmm. like, and it's not effective. So if you can even just focus on one small thing that they can improve on during the travel ball season, and it's a dedicated 30 minutes a week, then, then that would be beneficial. Mm -hmm. So how have you decided what that one thing should be? It depends, you know, year to year. Um, for me, it depends on the level of experience. Um, how many new players do I have? How many returning players do I have? So if I've got a team full of returning players that are all seniors and juniors that have been through the same process, you know, three or four times, um, it's I might try to find a different message or even one small thing to focus on. Um, if it's um, If it's a brand new team, then I know I most likely have a lot more work to do and might start with the basics. So some of the things maybe from an experience standpoint, um, maybe two years ago when I had a a team just full of experienced players, um, we were really working on the leadership part, Mm -hmm. right? And really working on the talking on the field and still working on the confidence piece because that is the one thing that I think no matter how, no matter what level you play, that is is probably one of the number one mental aspects that that kids struggle with and also coaches struggle with trying to improve. So there's always those little things, but I think the confidence piece uh, individually and as a team is really where we focused on. Um, But this year with a newer team, with a lot of inexperienced kids at the varsity level, um, a lot of inexperience when it came to, you know, state playoffs and the pressure, um, we just, we broke it down. And yes, confidence is always a piece part of that. But this year we did this year we decided that it was most important based on the attributes of the team, what I noticed very early on that, you know, that self-talk was really the one of the most important things to, to focus on. And it, it varies year to year. And I think it varies with the team that you have as well. Yeah. I think that's another issue. I know for me, like an overanalyzer in everything I do, uh, there's too much to cover. Like I could, we could work on confidence. We could work on composure. We could work on in control. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. at some point, you need to decide on one thing and not worry that not covering everything is going to be to their disadvantage. I think the biggest thing to remember is that you need to just make sure that it gets through to them. That's that's more important. Mm -hmm. Make sure they connect to it and get something from it. And then it doesn't matter if you didn't cover mental routines this year it doesn't matter if you didn't quite get to focus what matters is that those things that you did focus on you did focus on and did pay the most attention to really got better that's very true and that's kind of what we did this past past season you know we we really had to just kind of focus on a few few things and making sure that that connection was there every single day of practice making sure the connection was made after every game and at the end of the season, they did put it all together. And those, were we perfect? Absolutely not. But we were so much better than we were in the beginning of the season and had grown leaps and bounds, which as a coach, that's what you, you hope and that you want for your kids is start connecting those dots. And, just, and when the game is on the line and it's a one-to-one game in the 10th inning, they're still able to be in control and they're still confident 
and all of those things that you've talked about during the season. Mm-hmm. So how did you make sure that that connection was made specifically daily? There was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of what we, there was a lot of bumps along the way, you know? So <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was like every single day, it had to be part of the conversation. Every single day it had to be part of what we read, what we talked about. Um, and I stuck with it. That's the thing is that it's not going to show up uh, two weeks down the road. Well, uh, throw it out the window, right? It doesn't matter. It's not working. That's not, it's not my philosophy. And you have to trust that it's going to come together at some point, even if at some point is next year. You, ha- you just have to really stick to your guns and you have to ke- keep making sure it's part of that conversation, part of that practice, putting them in those situations where they are going to fail time and time again in practice, but still having that conversation piece about they're getting better and it will eventually click. And I think that that's, that's the key. You really just have to stick to it. Yeah. So there's our trust the process again, but as a hard, but as a coach, it's not as easy as we'd like to make it sound. Like everyone talks about trust the process. Okay. That sounds great. But the hard part is those lulls in between where you don't see growth, where you feel like you're backtracking. But if you stick to your guns, like you said, you'll eventually find that one thing that clicks to make you improve again and get a little bit better, a little bit higher, where that'll become that steady upward trend as opposed to when you start doubting and getting worried, it's an up and down dramatic peaks and valleys. Like, well, I tried something different. And then you get worse for a minute and then you, something works for a little bit. So you get better, but then it doesn't stick. So they get worse again. That is, I hate those seasons. (laughs) It's tough sometimes. It, It really is. And I think that there's a difference between trying something different today, something different, and still sticking to the process because sometimes it's just different verbiage. Mm. It's a, it's a different drill. It's, Hey, we, they really just need a day off today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different things that you can do. I think to, to keep stick to the process. Um, you can still modify things and change things. Cause sometimes you do feel like this exact thing that we were doing over and over isn't working. So how can I change the message? How can I change um, that and, and hopefully get a different connection by trying something different. Mm-hmm. So, so, but still sticking to it. I mean, that's the, that's the key part. You can't just go completely left, you know, you know, you still have to stay course, but you can jump off course a little bit with maybe changing your message a little bit. I love that. So it's like your philosophy stays the same. Yes. Just your tactics may have yes. to adjust. Perfect way to summarize. I like that. Everything's a balance. <laughs> Not too much of this, not too much of that, that. It is. And I think sometimes too, like we've talked about many times, you get really lost in the details mm-hmm. of, you know, are we getting enough hitting practice? Did we bunt enough? Did, did it, are, are our ground balls being fielded correctly? Are our fundamentals, you, you could go on and on. And sometimes if you're at that micro level every day, that stuff gets lost. So I think that's where reflection is really important. And I think that your coaching staff, when you can talk, even if it's just one other coach, talk often because you figure out what's working, what's not. And, but never lose sight of that part. You can never lose sight of the mental, mental training, the mental toughness and all of the things that we talk about. You can't lose sight of it and you have to trust it and stick to it. I think for me, that's when I 
because I we go through these cycles where it's like stuff doesn't seem like it's working. You're starting to doubt it. You feel like Duh, just want to give up on this, but revisiting your why almost, and that it doesn't have to be this formal process, formal process, but doing that by gaining perspective with your assistants by stepping a little bit further away from the practice plans and the physical side of the game. I think that really helps you maintain that macro or that big picture. It does. And sometimes like we talked about just a minute ago, like that's sometimes difficult to do. Yes. So you have to re like, I like having that word in front of me all the time, mm. whether it's on my desktop uh, or back a screen of my phone, the screen of my computer. If I have a wristband, if I have something in front of me all the time that says impactful, it reminds you as a coach why you're doing this. So all of those little things that frustrate you, can, <laughs> which we know as coaches happens a lot, mm -hmm. go should go to the background because yeah. because you're not there to win trophies. You're not there to win every championship. There, that's just not the reason you're there, right? The reason you're there, right? The reason you're there is because you want to be impactful for those kids. So then it kind of readjusts your thinking and can get you centered back to where you need to be to be the best coach you can be and have those the most effective practices and have those kids come out of your program better than when they came in. Oh, yes. Yes. See, this is the, the part where I'm like, yep, totally was on the right track. I feel good about it now, but in the moment, even like as of last year after I quit, I wasn't sure I was doing the right things. So I think that perspective helps each year to reflect. It does. Absolutely. I think it's a key part of growing as a coach. Mm -hmm. So what advice, something actionable, maybe let's go with three things. What three things would you tell me last year, <laughs> even with this training? Because this is why I wanted to start this business was to help people stay on track, help people stick with it, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. What are three tips that you would give to Melanie a year ago? <laughs> um, stick with it. You know what you're talking about. Find a way to implement it every single day and revisit your why and why you're actually there and doing that every single day. Oh, now I want to coach again. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> you never know. There might be a position open in a, in a certain city in Michigan. Oh, assistant <laughs> high school coach. Yes. <laughs> Here I come, coming back. <laughs> There's no pay. However, it's fun. <laughs> That's not my why. <laughs> uh, exactly. See, you've learned already. <laughs> And that's it for this week. Be sure to grab your free connect with your why packet at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash episode 14. When you sign up for a list, you'll get all of these freebies directly to your inbox each week. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. We hope you're enjoying the show. If so, we truly appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes or on our site at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash reviews. Let us know what you've learned and how you've implemented these tactics with your players. Thank you again for joining us. Hope to see you next week. Have a good one.